two. Hi and welcome back to uh, episode five in the GLS TV uh, conversations with uh, David Heard. I'm Gordon Bond. I'll be your host for tonight. In the previous uh, episodes, we've covered a wide range of topics with our uh, expert historian, uh, David Heard. Uh, welcome back, David, first of all. Thanks a lot, Gordon. Good to be here. Thank you. So uh, we spoke about uh, Rangers, uh, fantastic Rangers strikers of the past. Uh, we spoke about uh, goalkeepers. Uh, we spoke about uh, League Cup triumphs uh, since that, that competition was uh, established. And most recently, uh, a fascinating topic, a slightly, de- slightly depressing but fascinating t- uh, topic was the 25-year uh, Scottish, Scottish Scottish Cup hoodoo. Uh, finally ended when we, we left it uh, under Bill Struff. So, uh, absolutely fantastic uh, episodes. Please uh, download them, watch, uh, listen to them when you can. Uh, so, without any further ado, uh, David, the floor is yours. You want to introduce yourself again and your book and tonight's topic? Sure. Um, okay, my name's David Heard. Um, for those that haven't heard any of the previous episodes, I'm a recently published author in, in History of Rangers with a book called 1872, Stories of Rangers Players of Yesteryear. And my next book comes out, which is the History of Rangers and Rangers Victories in the League Cup, which comes out later in the year. Um, tonight, uh, it's a bit of a subject close to my heart because uh, I think the majority of, certainly guys my age that have been to see the Rangers for a long time, if you talk about favourite players, there's usually wingers in there. Guys that entertain us, guys that create goals. And what Rangers Football Club have had an incredible number of great wingers over the years. And I was wanting to start uh, going through some of those great Rangers careers of, of Rangers wingers of the past. Uh, but before I start, uh, when I was when I was getting this episode ready, unfortunately the, the club lost one of our greatest wingers, the great Davy Wilson. Um, and so in effect, I'd, I'd quite like to dedicate this this episode to him because he was he was one of the best of all absolutely fantastic yep obviously uh totally agree with that so uh, it's a fantastic uh it's not a fantastic subject to raise but you know it's great to, to be able to pay, pay, pay tribute to one of our, our, our most famous and best players so yep fantastic uh okay uh do you want to uh let <laughs> who your first uh, <laughs> okay gordon as usual I'm, I'm going to go back into the mists of time to start here I'll be certainly talking to quite a number of players that there's absolutely no chance anybody has actually seen. So the, the first player I'm going to talk about actually didn't play for Rangers for all that long. His name was John Barker. Um, he was from Govan, a local, a local to, to the stadium. Uh, he only played for Rangers for four years, for 1892 to 1896. Uh, bit of a goal scoring winger, got 34 goals in that length of time and only 84 appearances. But he he was responsible for a number of firsts in Rangers history, which is why I, I wanted to start with him. He was a left winger, uh, and he was the left winger in the first Rangers team to win the Scottish Cup in 1894. Um, he also scored in Rangers' first ever win over Celtic, which was the 1893 Glasgow Cup final. And his his biggest claim to fame, if you like, was he was the first Rangers player ever he scored a competitive hat-trick against Celtic. Uh, he scored three goals in a league game against Celtic in 1893 that Rangers won 5-0. So he's, is, he has got a place is, that can, can never be it can, it can yeah. never be taken off him. 
can never be taken. That's what I was going to say. It's the, that's the exact, uh, the exact record you want and the exact first you get because you're absolutely right. Uh, nobody can, nobody can take that away from him. So great, absolutely. Yeah. By the way, I mentioned the Scottish Cup final. We actually scored in that as well. That was against Celtic. Um, so he, he was a goal scoring winger. He actually he didn't play for Scotland very often, but on his debut for Scotland, he also scored a hat trick. So he, he was obviously pretty handy up front. Uh, wow. He won that one Scottish Cup. He actually won a second Glasgow Cup as well. Uh, then he lost his place in the team, even though he was still a relatively young man, to the next man I'm going to talk about. Uh, so John Barker actually left Rangers, went back to the, a local a local govern team and drifted out the game. He, he wasn't even 30-year-old when he, when he stopped playing. Uh, he ended up with a career as a draftsman in the govern shipyards. Um, the man he lost his place to, in my humble opinion, if you look at his Rangers career, is probably the greatest unknown or not a little-known player of the first 50 years of Rangers history. His name is Alex Smith. Uh, Alex Smith joined Rangers in 1894 when he was just 18 years old. Um, he was from Darville in Ayrshire, if anyone, if anyone yeah. knows that small town. Uh, he was recommended to the club by another player that from Darville, who was in the team at the time, a fullback called Nicol Smith, who wasn't a relation. And Rangers gave him a trial at 18 years of age uh, in 1894. And it was against the FA Cup holders, Notts County, who were regarded as one of, if not the best teams in Britain at the time. And 18-year-old Alex Smith absolutely ran riot against them. Rangers yeah. won 3-1. Oh. And Rangers signed them instantly, that basically that night. Uh, Alex Smith then went on to play for Rangers for 21 years. He never played for any other senior wow. club. That's, um, you know, I know obviously yeah, it's not about different time, time, you know, time periods, but anyone who played for a club 21 years is still, you know, you know, even back then, I, I don't imagine there was many players that could uh, hold that. To be honest, I, I, I think only Dougie Gray, um, the great fullback of the 20s, 30s and 40s, played with Rangers for longer than Alex Smith. I think he might be the second longest serving I, can't, I certainly can't find anyone else who played for Rangers for longer than Dougie Gray and Alex Smith. They were, they were the two that played the longest. Uh, he played all the way to 1915. So um, 642 appearances. And if you think back then, a lot of the time, the league championship only had 18 games in it. And 642 appearances is just a humongous number. That's phenomenal, isn't it? Really, when you, uh, when you put it into that context of how many games there were, then yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and he scored 200 goals. Exactly 200 goals which again is a, a fantastic return for a winner. Um, exactly, yeah. As you can probably imagine, he, he raked up quite a number of honours in that winter time. Although some people might think it should these numbers should be higher, uh, considering he was at the club for so long. He won seven league titles, uh, which were in two groups. He won a group of four altogether. Then there was a big space of nine years that Rangers didn't win the league. And then he won three more together. Those league titles were across three different decades. Uh, he won this three, just three Scottish Cups because, unfortunately, the hoodoo started. Yes, let's not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to talk about that again. <laughs> we, uh, we've got, uh, we, we have for the last episode. Yeah, done we that have. One. We did cover that in the last episode. Please, yeah. uh, you know, uh, good uh, reference to it. Please go back and download that at your leisure. Yeah, uh, and countless Glasgow charity cups. I mean, they won loads and loads of them. Uh, there's a few. There's a few firsts again associated with Alex Smith. So he was um, he was the first Rangers player to make 600 appearances, and uh, he actually still sits in the top ten Rangers appearances of all time. 
Um, he was never present in the Invincible team of 1898-99. They won the league without dropping a single point. He, he played every minute of every game. Uh, he was the first Scottish footballer to win 20 caps for Scotland. I think we've, we've kind of mentioned this once or twice in the past about how few Scotland games there were yeah. per year back then. He was basically a, a superstar of his time. He was undoubtedly the, the player of the team for a long time. And when you see old pictures of Rangers teams all the way from the mid-1890s right through to 1915, Every single team photograph, he always sits in the same place. It's almost as if he had a he he had status and he get picking where he where he where he sat in a team photograph. He was always the last one in the front row, every single yeah. time. Um, and he probably deserved to be able to pick it when you look at his career. So, as I say, two hundred goals, six hundred and forty-two appearances, all those caps, all those medals, one club man. Uh, Alex Smith is an absolute legend at Rangers, and. Um, I think as I alluded to, if I was to ask 50 random Rangers supporters to name 10 great Rangers wingers, I don't know how many would mention them. I, don't, I suspect it wouldn't be that many. It's, it's, just, a, it's just because of how long ago he, he played, obviously. It does annoy me just a little bit that um, whenever Rangers talk about history and they bring out paintings and they bring out things to do with 150 years and all that kind of thing. They talk about the, the gallant pioneers and then the next players you always see are uh, David Meikle, John and Alan Morton. It's almost as if that there was a 50-year period in between that we didn't have any great players and um, we certainly did. We certainly did. So that was Alex Smith. Um, the next the next winger I, I was going to mention uh, basically took his place in the team eventually, although he, he he played alongside him for a number of years. His name is James Patterson, or Jimmy Patterson. He played from 1910 to 1920. Now, a 10-year career, when I say 186 appearances, it doesn't sound as many as it should be, but I'm going to explain why that is shortly. Uh, and he's, he scored 46 goals. So he was signed from Queen's Park as a teenager. He was an amateur player. And he was also a... a student at Glasgow University where he was studying medicine to become a doctor. And all the way through his, uh, the first part of his Rangers career, he was a part-time student, part-time footballer as he, as he learned to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah. He played both on the right wing and the left wing in those early years. Uh, the left wing, when Alex, basically when Alex Smith was unavailable, and the right wing, he was sometimes first choice, sometimes not. There was another chap there called Billy Hogg, an Englishman, who played as often as he did. Um, Jimmy Patterson won league titles before World War One, and he also won a league title after World War One. He scored four times against Celtic, but probably the big reason I was wanting to talk about him was uh, in 1916, he finally graduated as a doctor uh, and was Im- immediately enlisted uh, in the 14th Battalion, the London Regiment, or what was called the London Scottish Regiment of the Army, where he was, he was given the rank of major, and he went to the front line to be to be a, a medic in the front line at the trenches. While he was there, he won the highest civilian honour. He won the military cross for gallantry. Oh, fantastic! Really, that's um, amazing. And he was known throughout the regiment as Major Pat. And Major Pat saved countless lives and unfortunately was unable to save countless lives as well. 
I think we can all try, can't even imagine the things he probably saw in the time he was out there. So his, his football career basically stopped for three years. From 1916 to 1919, he was a serviceman. He wasn't a football player. Um, in 1919, he came back from Army, Army service. Uh, he reported into Ibrox one Saturday morning to say that was him back. Um, and Rangers decided to surprise the crowd and play him in a game against Wraith Rovers. <laughs> was, he, was, he, wasn't, he was overweight. He hadn't trained for a long time. But he, he wanted to play. Rangers wanted to give the crowd the chance to see him because he was a, he was a bit of a, almost not a, not a celebrity, but he was, he was well known for his exploits during, during the conflict. And sorry, David, was, was he, did he come back unharmed or uninjured? He, he, he wasn't injured, to my knowledge. I've, okay. I've never read anything to say he was injured. Um, so he came back, he played against Ray Throwers in a game that they won, and he actually scored. Um, and then in season 1919-1920, which was William Wilton's last season as manager, uh, Rangers won the title, he won the league medal, uh, and he was man of the match in a 3-0 win against Celtic at Ibrooks. Uh, so Jimmy Patterson was a was a star of that team again, yep. but his his vocation in life wasn't a football player; it was a doctor, um, and he was given the opportunity to become a, a GP in a practice down in London with his brother-in-law, and he left Ibrooks and went down to London to to become a doctor. Uh, but he was still a fantastic football player, so he joined Arsenal as an amateur. Even though they were a professional team in the in the first division, he was an amateur player with with Arsenal for a few years. Now, when I said he was an amateur, Arsenal thought that much of him that they, they couldn't pay him in money, so they paid him in gifts. And apparently, his house was full of things like grand piano and Venetian vases and things like that that Arsenal gave him. Um, so he, he scored for them in league and FA Cup. He retired, became a doctor. He then played again for a few FA Cup. Ties years later in 1926 when Arsenal had an injury crisis. And there's actually an Arsenal Aston Villa game on YouTube for 1926, if you look for it. And Jimmy Patterson yeah. scores one of the goals in it. If you ever want to see him playing football. The, this, not the sad thing, but one of the unfortunate things is that um, although he was, he was from a Scottish family, uh, he was actually born down in England because his, his father worked down there for a while. And the rules at the time in international football was you played for whatever country you were born in, unlike, unlike these days. Yeah, so he was, these never, days. Able, he was yeah. never able to play for Scotland. He couldn't play for Scotland. Um, and spending most of his time up in, up in Scotland, you uh, never get the chance to play for England either. But when he came down to play for Arsenal, he actually did play once for the English league team. And it happened to be against the Scottish league team who had quite a number of his ex-Rangers teammates in the, in the team. And Jimmy Patterson created the only goal that day. He, his cross was headed in, and the English won 1-0. So he, he had an incredible life story. He then became a GP. He actually came back to Ayrshire. He was a GP in his later life, and he passed away uh, in Ayrshire. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, whether his football career merits the Hall of Fame, you can probably argue. Uh, but I would suggest... His life certainly suggests that he should be remembered in a way that he's probably not remembered just now. For somebody, I mean, for somebody to 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 risk their life, you know, like like mm. living life in the war for their country, 
and then come back and then, you know, take up, a, you know, obviously move down south and take up a profession to help people and play for Rangers for, you know, his career at Rangers, what was, sorry, 10 years, you said? 10 years, yeah, he was there a decade. If not, titles. Know, if, if not Hall of Fame, then I think you're right, some kind of recognition, you know, for, for his service and, and for what he's what he done for his country as well as his local yeah. communities. I've always thought that there could be another board that I box apart from the Hall of Fame board, which might be a, a sort of, a seven, you know, ex-service person, you know, Wally Thornton, he's British Empire Medal. Yeah, that, that, I, mean, that, I, I, I always think there should be something kind of like that. Digressing slightly. No, that's a very interesting idea, David. Well, maybe it could be, you know, some people that were given, you know, went above and beyond and given, you know, Fantastic yeah, service to the country, other yeah. communities. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's almost like an Ibis War Memorial kind of thing. Yeah. So the next, the next, the next winger on my on my list, I'd like to think is a bit better known. Um, he joined Rangers in 1917 from Wraith Rovers, and he stayed at Rangers for 17 seasons. He played 667 times and scored 162 goals. He was a legendary right winger by the name of Sandy Archibald. Um, uh, Sandy Archibald is absolutely in the Hall of Fame, and so he should be. Um, when you look at some of the things he achieved at Ibrox, as I say, he signed from Wraith Rovers. He was a fifer. Um, seventeen years at Ibrox. In those seventeen years, he won thirteen league medals, uh, which is, if you don't include the war, I know sometimes I include the war, and sometimes I don't. Probably just when it suits me. But if I don't include the war, if I talk about official league championship medals, then Sandy Archibald has won more than any other player in Scottish football history. Nobody else, has got, nobody else has got 13. He's got 13. Um, as I say, he played in 17 uh, campaigns. He scored in all 17 of them. He actually holds another record for Rangers, which I, I doubt will ever get beaten. Well, you never know, I suppose. Uh, he played 513 league games for Rangers, which was more than John Gregg, more than Sandy Jarden. <laughs> um, again, it's... It's excludes wartime games. Uh, Dougie Gray might could beat it if you include wartime games. But 513 times he played for Rangers in the league, which is the official club record. Um, well, absolutely incredible to think that, you know, somebody back then that I know we've, we've discussed it quite a lot, but the amount of games are getting played, you know, if that's, that, that's, still, that's still, still the record, absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, so 13 league titles, but just the three Scottish Cups. And I'm not going to tell you why, because you already know why. So, um, <laughs> but uh, he scored the, the, the day the hoodoo get put to rest uh, in 1928 when they beat Celtic 4-0. He scored two of the goals that day. He scored the third and fourth goals that ended the hoodoo. And he actually had a pretty decent scoring record against Celtic. He especially liked the New Year game. He scored in five different New Year derbies against Celtic. Um, and I don't, I haven't looked to see if it's definitely a record, but if it's not, it can't be far off. I wouldn't have thought. Um, in fact, he was he was a he was a player who was known for never giving up, for fighting right to the final whistle, regardless of the scoreline. And actually, one of the most famous quotes to it, Sandy Archibald actually came from the Celtic manager at the time, Willie Maley, um, who said, and I quote, "We can never be sure of a victory over Rangers, no matter the score." As long as Sandy Archibald is on the pitch, oh, yeah. and that and that that's the kind of quote. If I was a Rangers player, I would, I would love to be about me. Um, Absolutely, it sounds. It reminds sounds me of John Gregg, actually. 
Oh, I was going to say about my modern comparison. It reminds me of Tommy Burns and the late great Andy Gorham. Yeah, yeah, it's one of well. the one of the famous quotes about the opposition, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he played for Scotland eight times. He, he was he was a great goal scoring winger. Uh, the six hundred and sixty seven appearances. If you include the war, puts him in sixth place in the all time list of for Rangers appearances. If you don't include the war, he's fifth. So that that tells you how how great a servant he was to Rangers Football Club. Uh, the last thing he mentioned about him was he actually became a manager after he after he finished playing. He became the manager of his hometown team, Wraith Rovers. He won the second yeah. division with them, and he created another record for them. Um, Wraith Rovers won the second division that year, and then they scored more goals in a season than any club in British football history had, 132 yeah. in the league. Um, so he was creating records even as a manager. Unfortunately, the sad ending is that he then became manager in Fermanagh. They're close rivals, but he, he never had the chance really to, to take them on because um, he died age just 50, just after World War Two ended. Uh, he, if you ever see old pictures of Rangers teams back then, Sandy Archibald quite often had a cigarette in his hand, uh, and it might be no great surprise to say he died young of bronchitis because I, th- I think I think the woodbine got to him. Yeah. That was Sandy Archibald. Um, and you can't Sad talk end. about Sandy Archibald in the right wing without talking about who was in the left wing for the vast majority of, of the time that he played for Rangers. And I think uh, the left winger from 1920 to 1933 possibly possibly is the greatest Rangers player of all time. I know he did, he's not in the greatest Rangers team. He, he's, he wasn't voted the greatest Rangers player. But I think a lot of Rangers historians would suggest that Alan Morton was the greatest Rangers player of all time. Yeah. Without the wee blue devil. Yep. Um, so he played for Rangers from 1920 to 1933. Um, he made 495 appearances, scored 115 goals. Um, but one of the incredible things about Alan Morton, um, he didn't join Rangers till he was 27 years old. So he was 27 when he joined and he played 495 times. Must have been playing. I mean, I, I, he must have been playing the right round in his forties then, or or later thereabouts. Surely well, he played for what another thirteen years. So yeah, forty. Yeah. So um, twenty-seven years old he was. Um, he was rejected by Airdrie as a teenager. Um, and then he, so he played for Queens Park as an amateur. Um, he had a sterling career with Queens Park. In fact, he got capped by Scotland when he was still a Queens Park player. Um, then he, he joined Rangers his first game was against Airdrie when enough who had rejected him and his last game was also against Airdrie and he scored in that game if he was a part-time player in his entire career with Rangers despite the fact he was possibly the most famous footballer in Britain never mind in Scotland um, his whole career was part-time because he had trained to be a mining engineer and he only agreed to turn professional leave, leave, leave Queen's Park and turn professional if Rangers would allow him to continue his career as a mining engineer. Wow. <laughs> so I, I, I don't doubt these these facts for a, a single percent, Davey, but to hear them, like to hear some of yeah, the stuff, it's, uh, it's um, you know, obviously I'm you know, obviously biased in the, in the modern day, but uh, I find I genuinely find it so interesting that these are the kind of things that mm-hmm. they, they were thinking about back then as well. And, and he was Bill Struth's first signing after Bill Struth became manager. 
they're all the great players he signed. I don't know if there's an argument he didn't. He never signed a better one. Um, so Alan Morton and his and his time at Rangers won nine league titles, two Scottish Cups, multiple other trophies. Um, he's a few other claims to fame. A lot of them in the dark blue shirt of Scotland. Um, in those days, the biggest game by a mile that Scotland played in was the annual game against England. Uh, so Alan Morton played in 11 games out of 12 against England once he started playing against them. So over the course of 12 years, shows you how automatic a pick he was for Scotland. Yeah. The biggest game he played in it. He didn't play, I think it was 1926 because he was injured. Um, he won 31 Scotland caps, which again was a, especially considering that he, he, um, he didn't turn professional until he was 27, is a, is a, is a huge number. That's incredible. That's an incredible yeah. feat, yeah. Uh, he was one of the Wembley Wizards, one of the famous Wembley Wizards in 1928 when, when Scotland went to Wembley, won 5 1. Um, he was regarded as the best winger, not just in Scotland. But in Britain, and in those days, that really meant the best winger in the world. Um, and maybe the last thing to mention about him is that, uh, or the last two things to mention about him. One is he was regarded in such high esteem at Ibrooks when he retired in 1933, just before his 40th birthday. He joined the board. He went straight from the dressing room to the boardroom. Yeah. Which tells you quite a lot about what he was thought of within within Ibrook Stadium and he stayed in the board of directors right to his death in 1971 funny enough he actually died the same day as Tory Gillick in 1971 which was a very sad day for, for the club and the last thing to say about him is if you if you start going up the marble stairs at Ibrooks, there's an oil painting on, the, on top of the marble staircase who did Rangers decide to put at the top of the marble stairs think of all the great players all the great managers all the great figures they could have put at the top of that marble staircase it's Alan Morton in his Scotland shot. And I think that tells you everything about where he sits in the history of the football club. Next time on there, I'll have to, uh, have to, to look out for that because uh, I was up the staircase about three months ago now, four months ago, and I've got to be honest to yep. say it wasn't something that I'd noticed, but uh, I'll keep my eye out for that, actually. Yeah, he's on a Scotland strip. Um, I, don't, I think it's his Wembley Wizard Scotland strip. Um as I said earlier, he's not in the club's greatest eleven, probably because no, nobody had seen him play. And that's that's what happens in these things. It's usually a sort of recent recency thing. Yeah, but, but I would I would certainly argue if I thought Alex Smith was a was one that everyone should know, then Alan Morton is is possibly the greatest name in our history. Um, how do you, how do you follow up Alan Morton? Uh, the next winger I'll I'll mention is also an absolute legend at the club and somebody who made his name at the club not just a player, not just as a player and that's the great Willie Waddle. Uh, Willie Waddle was another man that only ever played for one team. He only played for Rangers. He made his first team debut at the age of 16 in a friendly against Arsenal and he scored the only goal of the game. He played for Rangers from 1938 to 1955 uh, and when you include the war uh, he played 558 times for the club, scoring 143 goals in a one-club career. Um, if you include the war, he won 10 league titles. If you don't include the war, he won four league titles. He actually scored the winning goal to win the league championship in 1953. He was a bit of a veteran. 
in the last game against Queen of the South down at Palmerston, he scored the goal that won the league on goal average. I think I talked to you before about goal average rather than goal is it, still, it was something we talked about in the very yeah. first episode, but was it, still going, was it still going then as well? Yeah, it was 1953, yeah. Um, wow. Uh, Rangers had to get a point at Palmerston to win the league from the great Hibs team of the early 50s. Hibs had won it the two years before that. They were going for three yeah. in a row. And Rangers had this last game to play. Then they were 1-0 down with 17 minutes to go and Willie Waddle scored what was described at the time as a great solo effort. Uh, I wish one of these ones you wish television cameras <laughs> were, were about back then to, to film something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and we won it in goal average. Uh, he, he won the Scottish Cup just the twice. Um, he missed, a, he missed quite a lot of big games through injury, unfortunately. Rangers won the League Cup twice during his time there and he, he missed both of the finals. Injured. Um, or he, he, his medal tally would have been, would have been higher. Uh, he scored 13 times against Celtic, which is always a good thing for a Rangers player. Absolutely. Um, but one of the things he's best, or two of the best things he's best remembered for, one is his legendary partnership with the great centre-forward, Willie Thornton. Yeah. Waddle was a magnificent crosser of the ball. He scored a lot of goals, but he was a great crosser of the ball. And yeah. Willie Thornton was a great header of the ball. And um, the, for those that remember the 70s, like I do, there was Tommy McLean and Derek Johnson, which, were, which was the one I always think about, the, the, the great crosser and the great header. Well, they, they, that's what they were like. Willie Waddle was the... He was like the superstar player of the Iron Curtain team. The Iron Tottenham team with the great defence and all that, but yeah. the super the superstar player was Willie Waddle. Um, in fact, he was such a star that the, the, the Ibrox crowd made a song up about him. It was called How Can You Buy Willie Waddle? And I would recommend anybody who hasn't <laughs> heard it, stick it onto YouTube. My old dad really? used to sing it all the time, yeah. But in effect, it was all about um, in, English, English managers coming up to, to Glasgow and basically offering all kinds of money to Bill Struth to take Willie Waddle down to England. And Bill Struth basically saying, no matter how much money you've got, it isn't enough because you can't buy Willie Waddle. That's in effect what the song was about. Um, <laughs> Changed days, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he won 18 Scotland caps. He won eight more during the war, so that would have been 26 if you counted the wartime ones. Played in some great Scotland victories, including wins at Wembley. So he was, he was a fantastic player. He was a great player. Um, after he finished playing, he had a he had another career really, didn't he? Apart from being a journalist, he was also he became a manager. He was a manager of Kilmarnock for a number of years. Uh, he took him to Scottish Cup final, he took him to League Cup final, and he won the league title with Kilmarnock. Wow! Um, but I think I'm I'm right. In fact, I'm definitely right in saying he's the only manager that's ever taken Kilmarnock to the league title in 1965. He became Rangers manager uh, 1969. And obviously, um, as everyone listening will know, he was the manager for our greatest ever triumph in Barcelona in 1972. Um, after becoming manager, he became general manager, director, vice chairman. He was the driving force behind the rebuilding of the, of the stadium after the Ibrox disaster. He was the manager during the Ibrox disaster who basically carried the club during yeah. the darkest the darkest hour that anyone would ever want to live through. Um he was an absolute giant, a giant of Rangers history. But I think because of his management and because of the disaster and because of the stadium and because of how long ago a player he was, I think a lot of people don't realise what a great footballer he was as well. Yeah, uh, I can, and, I can and, understand that, absolutely. 
And I think, I've just got to throw it in here. Um, in 1999, when um, we all got a vote to who the greatest ranger of all time was, remember John Gregg won it. John Gregg got my vote. He was my all-time greatest ranger at the time. My old dad voted for Wally Waddle. Um, he was his he was his Rangers hero. So that takes me to a player that played in the left wing. But for a for a for a while we we were Waddle on the right. Although he didn't arrive at Rangers till 1949. He played for Rangers for 10 years. He came from South Africa. Uh, he was one of the first kind of foreign players to play for no, no, not the first, but he was one of the first foreign players to play for Rangers. Um Johnny Hubbard. So Johnny Hubbard joined in 1949 and stayed with Rangers for 10 years. 259 appearances, 116 goals. Um, there's probably a, a number of people probably listened to this that, that met, met Johnny Hubbard over the years. He was a, he was a, after his playing career, he, he was a regular at Ibrook Stadium. Um, he was, yeah, he was absolutely. Small. And he, he was all, he also took part in a lot of supporters uh, events and things. So I, I'm quite sure there might probably a lot of people met him over the years. Johnny was a fantastic football player. Um, he came over from South Africa. He got a trial with Rangers. Bill Struth signed him. Um, he was known as the penalty king. I think we had a conversation in one of the previous ones about who used to take penalties. Well, Johnny Hubbard certainly took penalties. Uh, he took 58 of them for Rangers. Really? Um, and of those 58 penalties, every single one of them hit the target. He never missed the target once. What a incredible record! I was I was lucky enough I was lucky enough to meet him once, uh, obviously a few years ago, uh, early two thousands at some kind of function, and I, 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 I wish I, I wish I'd known that start then. Yeah, well, um, he he scored fifty five out of fifty eight, uh, and the other three he was at pains to always tell people he never missed a penalty, but three goalkeepers saved him. They were called Dave Walker of Airdrie, Jimmy Brown of Kilmarnock, and Bert Slater of Falkirk. <laughs> they, 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 they've got, they've they've got his, they're his, historians because they they saved the penalty for Johnny Hubbard. But Johnny Hubbard done more than take penalties. Um, he was actually the last Rangers player to score a league hat trick against Celtic, um, New Year's Day, nineteen fifty-five. The other goal actually was scored by his his great friend Billy Simpson, who he, the two of them used to be a bit of a double act in the supporters clubs. Uh, so Johnny scored a hat trick in New Year's Day, nineteen fifty-five at Ibrox. He scored three goals against Celtic in just 17 minutes. He didn't score the first one to the 72nd minute, and he scored the third one in the 89th minute. The first goal that he scored that day, which put Rangers 2-1 up, was voted by no less, no fewer than Sir Alec Ferguson as the greatest goal he'd ever seen. Yeah? Yep. He apparently took possession inside his own half and dribbled past the whole Celtic defence, dribbled past the goalkeeper and walked out in the empty net. You can imagine doing that at Ibrox and against Celtic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's one that you, you so wish the TV cameras were there to see it. Johnny won three league titles, one Scottish Cup. He's got, he's got, I suppose he's got one other claim to fame, apart from all that other stuff. He was the, the first Rangers player to score an away goal in Europe. Uh, Rangers' first ever away game in Europe was in Nice in France in 1956. Rangers won the first game 2-1, um, then lost the second game 2-1 in Johnny scored that goal over there in France. Uh, you won't be surprised to hear it was a penalty. Um, yeah. And then we unfortunately lost the playoff and then get knocked out. And so he fell in love with Rangers. He settled in Ayrshire. It's Presswick he stayed in. Uh, and remained in Scotland to 
he died in, in two, 2018, I'm sure it was. Um, and as he was fond of telling people, he was awarded an MBE for service to sport in his local community. Yep. Uh, he always used to sign his autograph, Johnny Hubbard, MBE. I remember it well. <laughs> I actually, remember, I actually remember, I remember me and my dad meeting him outside Ibox years and years ago. I was, I was still at school, uh, and I didn't know who he was. And my, my dad kept calling him Mister Hubbard. And as soon as he, as soon as he put Mister in front of it, I knew oh, he must be an old player. Uh, he, <laughs> that was the only people who ever called Mister yeah. was people that ever that ever played for Rangers. Um, I've I've got a list after that, but I think in the for the purposes of time. I'd quite like to start part two with the team Davy Wilson played in. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Another. Certainly, I think this this episode warrants a part two with other fantastic yeah. stories and all the legends. So, and, I, yeah. yeah, I think as I said, um, I love I love watching wingers. Um, and, and when I get to part two of this, I'm going to talk about some of my all time favourite players who were wingers. Good. But there's so many of these that that list that I've went through tonight that that I wish I could have seen. In fact, oh, I wish undoubtedly, I yeah. Um, so I, I hope people have have uh, taken something from that, and I hope they enjoyed it. I'm sure they will. Again, it's, it's a learning experience for me as well, uh, David. So, and I'm sure it is for a lot of listeners out there. So, thanks very much. Uh, once again, uh, folks, you have been uh, listening to the GSTV uh, series on Rangers uh, history, important uh, players, events and significant periods in our history of our great club and the 150th year of our anniversary. Thanks once again to David here for joining us. We'll uh, hopefully speak to you soon again, David. And you've, oh, you been, with Gordon, and you've been with Gordon for the GS TV. Uh, please make sure you download and listen to our previous episodes and join, against, join us again soon for a part two of this particular episode on winners. Thanks, David. Speak soon. Okay, thanks, Gordon. Bye.